This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm the general manager here at WZIP. We have another kind of two-part episode today. Um, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking um, about really about depression and a uh, special screening, an event that's coming up here at the university in just a few days. So we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But before that, we want to talk about something that's actually happening right now. Um, it is homecoming weekend here at the University of Akron. Uh, Kelly Fetter is here. She's Assistant Director of Alumni Relations here at the university. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks welcome, for having welcome me. Welcome back to the university in a way. You've yeah. been here for about a year, but yeah. you actually have a history here outside of that because you studied here. Yes, definitely. I graduated in 2010 and then again in 2012. I worked here for a few years, left in 2014, and I'm just so happy to be back. Um, it's great. I love this campus. I love being here and being surrounded by the students and faculty and staff, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us on the show. Well, and that's you know why a lot of people are here this weekend is is because they have those same feelings um, about about the university and they want to participate in homecoming. And you know, really, as we know, as we're talking, a lot of homecoming activities have already been underway. Some are really you know just about to end, but that's okay. You know, we like people to understand some of the things that happen here on this campus. If you didn't make it this year, um, by the way, you can still make it here for kickoff unless you're like you know, four hours away or something. Um, you can still be here for the game. But if nothing else, maybe maybe pencil this in for next year. Put a note in your phone um, that you can participate in some of the alumni activities um, in 2023. But right now, it's still 2022. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, and I, I remember last year um, was one of the ones I remember most of all. I happened to be on campus that weekend, really not because of that. I was doing some things for my job. And it was such a nice weekend. It was beautiful. The weather yeah. was perfect. And it was so cool to just see so many people all over kind of this end of the campus, you know, near you know, near the stadium and JAR and the rec center and that whole where all the activity was taking place. And activity taking place today as well. There's, there's a tailgate going on right now. Yeah, we are the official Forever Zip Homecoming tailgate is happening right now in lot 10, which is the lot at the corner of Spicer and Vine, right behind the field house right next to the stadium. We've got all kinds of inflatables and games. We've got food trucks, beer and seltzers for sale, um, an awesome DJ. Uh, everyone's just having a great time. Uh, we've got some fun activities going on. So the swimming and diving will be over around 1.30 for their ring ceremony for their 2021-2022 uh, MAC championship. So super excited to celebrate them. Uh, we'll have performances from the UA dance team, the marching band, the alumni band. Uh, we'll pr uh, present the homecoming court. President Miller will stop by and speak for a little bit here this afternoon. Um, so it's just a really fun party. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're just so happy to see everyone. You know, it's great to see everyone back on campus this weekend. You know, like you mentioned, it's just homecoming weekend, really, like it's hard to come back to campus and not have that amazing feeling and remembering what it was like to be a student here mm -hmm. especially if it's been a while since you've been back um so it's you just, don't have any tests or any papers no to write, yeah so you just get fun. all the fun yeah without going to class you can still you hang just... out with your friends i mean find them bring them absolutely you can have a, a great time and not have all of the stuff that you know goes with being a student yes <laughs> all the fun stuff and right. uh, not the class did you get a feel um in advance of this homecoming weekend what to expect as far as People go, I mean, we're looking at around the same number of people as we usually attract, or? 
Yeah, we're expecting the same crowds. You know, we usually have, you know, several thousand, you know, three, four thousand people out for the tailgate. Uh, you know, most of those folks go over to the game after the kickoffs at three thirty today. So, you know, tailgate ends at three. You walk right over to the stadium and you're ready to go for game time. Um, but, yeah, it's looking like, you know, the weather should be beautiful all weekend. And we're just really excited to see everybody. And I'm not trying to poke fun at all, but I mean, for real. If you had not made plans and you're thinking, you know what, it is tonight, maybe I will go to the game, you can still get in, right? It's yes. not like sold out or anything. No. Okay. Yeah. You can still get tickets, uh, head to gates one, two, or three. I wish it was sold out. I wish but... so too. Yes. But you can still get tickets. Uh, we're playing Bowling Green today. So hopefully we get, um, you know, it's our first MAC game of the season. So mm-hmm. hopefully we take that W and just kick off the rest of the season with some wins you know what do you think what do you think are some of the reasons that people want to whether it's for homecoming or maybe maybe some other type of visit what 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 kinds of connections um, do they have or are they trying to have with with their campus yeah I mean a lot of it is people want to come back and see you know their friends that they haven't seen in years they want to reconnect Uh, maybe they want to see faculty or staff that they haven't seen in a long time we see a lot of that especially at the tailgate but all throughout the weekend people coming back to meet up um, have their own tailgates even, but even just to see campus, you know, for so many folks, it's been years maybe mm-hmm. since they've been here and campus really in the last decade or two has changed so yeah. much. Um, you know, we hear from our grads from the eighties and nineties who come back to campus and mm-hmm. see it now, and there's not roads going through campus anymore right. and, you know, all of that. So it's just a really great opportunity to get on campus and see how beautiful it is and how much it's changed and, you know, see all of your old friends and colleagues. I, you know, I graduated the first time in 1991 and you, we were already, you know, it kind of in, I I don't want to say in the middle of, but definitely transforming the campus. I say we, like I had anything to do with it. Um, But even after that, like even after the roads closed and some of the buildings were being, you know, rebuilt, renovated, whatever, just even in the last few years, like if you haven't been here for 10 years, you know, you're used to some of it, but I mean, like some people haven't seen what some of us might still call the new student union. It's yeah. not that new, but, um, you know, some of those things and I, people are always that I know are really amazed. Um, just to, not that we had it all that bad when we were students, but I mean, just at how much nicer it is yeah. now. Um, you know, whether you're talking about technology, you're talking about amenities, um, and really just the beauty of the campus. Yeah, you might have been here when they were right. I was gonna say, you know, you might have been here when we were when they were planting some of the trees, but now that things have matured a little bit and it's just it's a very, very different look than if you haven't been here in a while, like you said. So Yeah. And speaking of trees, one of our favorite traditions for homecoming week, uh, we go out the Sunday before homecoming starts and tie bows and ribbons on all the trees <laughs> oh, yeah, on I've campus. Seen. And even just this past Sunday walking around it just amazed me how many trees there really are on campus and just the thought that has gone into how beautiful this place is. And I hope that, you know, when people come back and see it, they really appreciate it. I know the students. I wish I knew the number. I remember talking to one of the former presidents um, somewhere in this whole, you know, kind of campus wide project and mentioned to me by a a certain, a specific number of trees and bushes and, you know, square yards or whatever of, of grass and stuff that wasn't there before. It, it really is pretty amazing when you think about yeah. being what's referred to as an urban campus, but not really feeling like that when you're in the middle of it, I yeah. don't think. It's kind of this nice, beautiful, lush oasis yeah. uh, outside of, you know, we're so close to downtown and have the, all those great amenities, but you can kind of escape and 
have this beautiful surrounding. You know, we're, we're talking more specifically about homecoming, but, you know, really the um, Office of Alumni Relations, this is, you know, maybe one big thing for the year, but really you guys have stuff going on all the time, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, we kicked back off our uh, travel season this past February. Um, so, you know, obviously we took a little bit of a break there uh, because of COVID for a couple of years, um, but we got back out on the road this year. We've been to Tampa, Atlanta, LA, DC. We hosted events in Cleveland and Akron, um, and we're looking, you know, we're heading to Houston in November, and next year we'll be out at all of those places and more. And it's just great to see our alumni all over the country. We have over 180,000 alumni, um, and it's just so wonderful to see them and hear their stories. And, you know, hopefully we'll see some of them back here uh, today for the tailgate mm-hmm. and the game and, you know, just throughout the semester. You know, for some alumni who might be listening, um, uh, I guess, what can they do to get involved in some way? I know some people are thinking, well, you know, I don't, I can't make a huge contribution financially. And, and yeah, let's yeah. be honest, that yeah. would be welcome. Yes. But there are other ways you can be involved. At, oh, absolutely. Alum, correct? Yeah, there's so many ways. Um, and sometimes the first step is just calling us, you know, call our office, stop by if you're in the area. Um, but there's so many ways, whether it's being on a council, um, on a board, going and speaking to a class, being on a panel. I know students just love hearing from our alumni. And we have some really amazing alumni around the world that are doing incredible things and have such great stories and lessons to share with the students. And sometimes that is, you know, the most important thing you can do is just come back and share your story, help mentor a student. Um, Yeah, like you said, there's so many ways to get involved. Obviously, financial contributions are wonderful, but there's so many ways beyond Mm -hmm. that. Um, You know, attending events, just being present, uh, really go a long way. You know, plus we do have that new alumni magazine too. Yes. That's, uh, I guess, kind of revamped. There was one many, many years ago, uh, went online, but now we do have an actual physical magazine. Um, and you can't receive it if nobody knows how to find you. Yes. <laughs> so that's, and really, that is a good reason to check in with your office. Um, if nothing else, to leave, you know, your name and contact information. And um, I believe that kind of results in you, you know, being able to much easier make it known you know, how you could get involved with some of those things. I mean, you don't know the expertise of every single person who's ever exactly. graduated from yeah. here, but if we contact you, yep. you know, we might say, hey, you know, I could help with this, or here's what I do. If that fits into something, let me know. And and then you're, you're experts in your office <laughs> at making those connections with other parts of campus. So Yeah, definitely. And yeah, having updated information for our alumni is so important for us. You know, if you haven't heard from us in a while, uh, chances are we might not have the right address or email address for you. So, you know, you can always go on our website, too. There's a nice, easy form to update your info. So uacron.edu slash alumni. Click the Update My Info uh, link, and we'll make sure you get all the information you need. As part of Homecoming Weekend, it's also Family Weekend on campus. Um, and, you know, the amazing department over in Zip Assist put together a whole weekend filled of activities. Um, but there's some great stuff going on today, even uh, Zippy's Fair Fun over at Simmons Hall is going on till two o'clock, and you can take tours of the National Museum of Psychology, which, if you haven't been, is absolutely incredible, um, and the Hauer House Museum as well. But there's so many things going on this weekend. You can see all of it if you want to come out today. Uacron.edu/homecoming. So, and obviously, kickoff at three thirty against Bowling Green. Well, like I said just a few minutes ago, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about depression, the importance of depression. Um, some services we have here available at the University of Akron. Um, and specifically, I want to introduce Dr. Natasha Karamidis. 
welcome to Zips Unlimited. Thank you. Um, you know, when we when we say depression, some people probably immediately have some kind of reaction. Um, it might not be a positive one because some people were, in fact, some people might listening might be like, why do they have to talk about this? It's not fun. Right. Um, and it's not fun, but <laughs> it's very real. It's very real for anybody, any age, any sex, anywhere, isn't Absolute, it? Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about the developmental stage of college student, it's, um, it's a key developmental age. And the onset that corresponds to the onset of mental health problems very often um, as about 75% of lifetime mental health issues come about before age 24. So if you think about the age groups we have here, um, you know, they are particularly vulnerable to that. The other thing is that depression is, is very, very common. You know, I think in college students, a recent survey showed about 41% experiencing some depression, along with about 34% experiencing anxiety, and those two things are often often um, linked together to some extent. Mm -hmm. so, so it is very important to destigmatize it because we know there are things we can do to, to manage it. So. I forgot to offer um, Natasha's credentials. She is a uh, staff psychologist and outreach coordinator at the Counseling and Testing Center here at the University of Akron. We've had some folks from the Testing Center on here before. Always um, an interesting conversation, at least to me, and I, I hope to our listeners as well. You know, when you just mentioned the word stigma, um, it, it seems to me, and I, I don't have the research background that I'm sure you do, but um, there's always been a stigma attached with anything to do with mental health, I think, but I feel like maybe it's not as bad in recent years as it may have been 10 and 20 and 30 years ago and beyond. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's true. We are definitely seeing increased in um, services being provided and, and in demand for services, and I think part of that is that um, the younger generations are much more comfortable in talking about this. You know, there's a lot of information on mental health on social media, for example. So they have access to information like, mm -hmm. you know, perhaps my generation never did. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, speaking of social media, I see things from younger people where they will, um, you know, kind of use social media to, to talk about what they're going through and to use those words like depression and anxiety or, or maybe even other things. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know whether that's... That's part of it, like a, some kind of a coping mechanism or, or what that is. But I think it just underscores what you said, um, that not only are they willing to, some people anyway, willing to, I guess, acknowledge um, that, that things aren't perfect. Um, but they're willing to kind of go out there and tell the rest of the world things aren't perfect for me. Maybe they're not perfect for you either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's. That's maybe a good side of social media, that they're able to reach out and share some of that, as long as they're able to also get, you know, more face-to-face -face help sometimes. Mm -hmm. that, that can be really a key, a key piece to it as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of, the, some of the ways that somebody might know that either they have depression or um, at least signs that could be depression. Yeah. And I think it's really important to point out that sometimes we get misinformation out there, you know. Through so that it social is, media, probably. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's important to know the difference between, you know, having a bad day or feeling sad for mm -hmm. a couple of days versus depression, which is really, 
kind of um, continuous sadness or loss of um, pleasure or interest in things you used to enjoy. You know, for example, if you're very social or um, extroverted person who likes to be out there and suddenly you find yourself just in your room nonstop, not wanting to go out. It can also affect our sleep. We can oversleep or we can have trouble sleeping or staying asleep. Um, issues with appetite, we, that can be losing weight without trying, can be a sign or overeating, kind of emotional eating. It can be feeling a lot of guilt or, you know, not having motivation and then maybe feeling guilty about that. It can also look like irritability. And then, of course, you know, we can start having thoughts of suicide or any kind of self-harm. Mm-hmm. So those and and this has to last about two weeks, you know, before it's really concerning. So if I had, you know, any one of those things for say a couple of weeks or more, or would you maybe a combination? Yeah, I think a combination of a couple of things, and really, the key is also is it affecting you to the point where it impacts your daily life? You know, if you stop going to classes, for example, mm-hmm. that's definitely a sign that something's going on that might be worth looking into. You know, or mm-hmm. like I said, withdrawing from your friends, not socially interacting, not eating regularly, not sleeping well, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, for people who, you know, who recognize those things in themselves um, or maybe who recognize that that in someone else Mm -hmm. maybe it's a roommate or a sibling or a parent or or a child yeah um who's recognizing those how do what's the next step i mean if i'm thinking wow you know maybe maybe i do have something i need to deal with what do i do i think i would show concern and care you know by maybe starting by asking the question you know oh, i've noticed that you know you've been more withdrawn or you haven't been as motivated to go to class. Is there anything going on? Or is there anything I can do? Because sometimes we just need someone there who cares and who listens to us. You know, I think one of the downside of social media sometimes is the fact that we are now more separated than we have been in the past. And of course, the pandemic mm-hmm. you know, has had a huge impact on that as well. So I think lending um, a really caring, empathic ear can be a really good start. But then, you know, if you do notice this is something that lasts, and of course, if anyone talks about, you know, thoughts of suicide or self-harm of any kind, that's when you start thinking about referring someone to a professional, mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah, and, and I wonder for myself, if I'm, if I'm feeling some of the things that you mentioned, um, do, I, I don't, do I need to call like a psychologist's office? Do I call my doctor? I know they're online, there are resources, maybe mm-hmm. I can take some kind of a screening online and, and get a referral. Is that what I would do? You could do a screening online. You want to make sure, you know, it's backed by, um, or it's on a site that's research-based, right. you know. Um, we have walk-in appointments here on campus where students, if they're concerned, they can self-refer, you know, they just can walk to us any day of the week. Mm-hmm. In the morning, between 9 and 11, in the afternoons, between 1 and 3.30, except for Thursday mornings. Um, and we, they'll meet with one of us for a, a brief intake appointments where we will, you know, ask them a number of questions and, and, and of course, listen to what their concerns are and then determine, you know, is this someone that would um, benefit from our services? 
And you actually yeah. have a special event coming up. Um, what that's on the sixth, I think, over yes. the student union. That yes. Is kind of fits into what I think what you just described. Yeah. So next Thursday, um, October sixth, is National Depression Screening Day, and we will be um, setting up shop in the student union and the piano lounge between eleven and two p.m. and offering ten minute screenings for students, and they'll get immediate feedback on those and also information on resources as well. I guess what I'm wondering then is, you know, if I'm a student who, who you know, I show up at the, at the union, the piano lounge, I, I, I do the 10-minute or so screening, and you say, you definitely show signs of depression. You know, we, we should probably find a way to deal with that. What would I be doing then? Do I make an appointment through the Counseling and Testing Center? Some people might be worried or wanting um, medications. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know there's a lot of different ways we can address depression. Yeah. Um, it yeah. probably is case by case. Yeah, yeah, and um, it can be talk therapy, you know, which can work very well for depression. Medication sometimes is also a good avenue, sometimes a combination of the two. Um, but, yeah, if I talk to a student in the union and I see some concerning signs, I would recommend um, that they do come to us for an intake appointments, and and then we would talk further. Obviously, when when we're sitting down face to face, and again, sometimes you know it can be um, a transition kind of challenge. You know, again, with college students, especially adjusting to the first semester of college can mm-hmm. be very challenging. Um, and just normalizing that experience can be very powerful in itself, you mm-hmm. know. So sometimes having a couple of appointments where they learn some healthy coping skill can be helpful. Sometimes it goes further back, you know, and needs a little more um, consistent counseling. I have a so. uh, like a cart or something in my office that's, you know, I guess, a, a very, very brief kind of bullet point type summary of a lot of research that shows... Uh, particularly for first-time, full-time freshmen who are living away from home. And kind of month, actually not even month, it's almost week by week through the fall semester, some of the things that are common experiences. Yeah. Just, what to expect. Yeah, 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 just, you know, starting to miss family. First you're all excited, right. and then it sets in. Maybe the workload gets kind of heavier than you expected at some point in the semester. Some people get, you know, uh, by around a certain time, they start, you know, we're disappointed they haven't maybe been on a date yet or, you know, right. things like that yeah. that yeah. could actually feed right into all the things that you're talking about. That, that whole yeah. kind of, you know, what I assume would be or has the potential to be a, a, a short-term um, experience with depression that hopefully, you know, would turn around very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, even if you think of it as like culture shock, right? Initially, students would go to a new place and, like you said, kind of experience a honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's exciting. Look at all these new people. And and then reality hits a little bit and things get more challenging. And it's not unusual for us to see around week six or so, you know, kind of an increase in, in people walking in. Um, you get your first exams, you know, you, you get a, a reality check on how things are going. And then, of course, that balancing between social life, academic, you know, um, college tends to be more challenging than high school for mm-hmm. most students. And so, yeah, it can definitely be a transition, time-limited yeah. kind of Yeah, and it's tough for people, yeah. I think, sometimes to, you know, even though I think the university does such a phenomenal job of making resources available to students, um, whether it's services like this, but, but even just 
clubs and activities and stuff yes. like that. Yes. That doesn't mean that it's always easy for each individual student to grab those opportunities. Right. Yeah. And kind of on the outside of that circle, looking in, really wanting to be a part of it and just not able to break in. Yeah. Um, because they limit themselves. Yes, absolutely. You know, and then yeah. you have the regrets sometimes, and, and, you know, maybe that does lead to, you know, just maybe not feeling quite as good about the semester as what you'd hoped. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's worth mentioning anxiety here, too, because we're seeing a lot of social anxiety, and I think that feeds directly into what you're saying about students not necessarily reaching past that discomfort of the anxiety to go and meet and get, you know, involved in clubs mm -hmm. and things like that. And our need for belonging as humans is really one of our strongest needs, you know, which is why when we transition to new places, it can be very challenging because we don't yet belong to anything here, mm -hmm. you know. So, so getting to know your professors, other students, getting involved in clubs, all those things are going to be very, very important. And they were very, very much impacted over the last by couple the of years by COVID. Absolutely. So it made it really hard to, yes. I guess you could do it, but you were doing it in a very different way that that probably didn't satisfy that need nearly as much as, as we would like. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, the social media um, is important and I think does bring a lot of benefits, but it also, I think, sometimes gives, gives us a false sense of connection. Mm-hmm. You know, because, um, I mean, most people post good things on social media, right? And then yeah. you might compare yourself to others and think, well, you know, if I'm feeling anxious, I, I may not be okay to go hang out with other people, you know. And we hear that a lot about people not wanting to burden others. So, I, I think, too, mm -hmm. on social media, there's always a risk because you – you know, maybe you do post something positive and you generally are a positive thinking person, mm -hmm. but not everybody else is. Right. And so then they start kind of tearing you down or trying yes. to, maybe because they're mad because you are positive. Right. And you're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you might post, you know, post something or, or, or whatever that, you know, has really no negative connotations, but somebody wants to make it that way yeah. and start yeah. making you maybe maybe legitimately feel bad mm -hmm. you know or even just perusing some of the stuff on social media sometimes um even if it's not something you posted or has nothing to do with you yeah um sometimes it can be I, i've been there with you know different topics that are maybe really hot at the moment and i just think i'm not i'm just staying away right. because i just yeah. there's only so much negativity that i want to take in mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah like no day. it's it's important <laughs> to control the things you can control right Right, so, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, outside of the National Depression Screening Day and, and particularly what we're doing here at the university over at the Student Union on the 6th, um, you know, we're talking about depression. You mentioned anxiety. Um, are there other things that, that you think people should know about the Counseling and Testing Center as far as what, what services are available, yes. how that works? Absolutely. We offer a number of groups and groups can be especially powerful for challenges like social anxiety. Um, and we offer a group called Anxiety Management, which you know is meets five weeks for an hour per week, so it's not a huge commitment. But we do find students coming in with severe or moderate anxiety typically leave five weeks later with a more mild level. So we know this works. You know, teaching them some quick coping skills 
We have another group called um, Feel Better Fast, which also offers some quick coping skills on managing depression, anxiety, distress, you know, anything um, similar. Mm-hmm. And then we also have relationship groups. When we see um, concerned students are coming in for, number one is anxiety, number two is depression, number three is relationship issues. So we do offer a relationship group, and that can be any kind of relationships. It can be issues with roommate, it could be family challenges, it could be romantic relationships, but just having that experience of being in a group with others and sharing those experiences can be extremely powerful and supportive, mm-hmm. you know. No, hearing that you're not the only one dealing with something is, is a powerful experience by itself. Are all these things available um, exclusively for University of Akron students? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. So people from outside the university should not yeah. have to find maybe similar resources somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've been talking a lot about, I think, reacting to um, depression and anxiety and some of those things and some of the services that we have available. Are there things that we can do that might prevent the onset mm-hmm. of like a mild you know, case of, 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 of anxiety or depression? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to remember that prevention and is always really important, and there are a number of protective factors of things we can do kind of to take control of, of our mental health the way we might take control of our physical health. And I like to think of three things that really kind of, um, they're almost like the foundation of our house, you know, and that is sleep. Sleep has a huge impact on our moods, and most adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep, you know, and I think when you're a college student, sleep is often the first thing that kind of goes by the, by the wayside, mm-hmm. right? So sleep is key. Nutrition is another thing that's really, really important, and again, as a college student, it's sometimes really challenging to stick to um, whole foods, healthy foods, eating regularly. You know, often I hear students say, and I was like this in grad school, so you don't eat and you have a quick cup of coffee in the morning and then you don't eat anything till two or three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Our brain needs food, you know, and, and having um, even sugar levels throughout the day is really good. It affects our moods as well, especially if you suffer from anxiety, a lot of those symptoms you might get from low blood sugar if you're not eating breakfast, for example, can sort of mimic anxiety. So that can be very confusing. So I sleep for four hours and don't eat properly. But you have some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you can <laughs> and that's see not, that. Yeah, not a good recipe. <laughs> yeah, you can see that formula. And then the last one is movement. You know, humans were not created to be sitting on a chair eight hours a day. Um, we don't do enough of that. So I think being able to move, even if that's walking, walking is exercise, mm-hmm. you know, but that's, there's research that shows that regular exercise works as well for managing depression as a medication. So that's something to think about. Not that I, you know, medication does have a place, of course, right. and is sometimes needed, especially if we're trying to develop new healthy habits. It can be kind of a temporary help. Um, but those three things, sleep, nutrition, exercise, are really key. Yeah, so, yeah basic yeah. things that we should all be doing yes. all the time. Yeah. And, and we all know how challenging they are. Right. You know? But I guess your point so. is, yes, the challenge is there, but it's something that you can 
you control. can beat the challenge yes. yeah. in some way, yeah. you know, but it might take a little work. Yeah, for sure. exactly. And then remember that tomorrow's a new day, right? So if you skip one day or you don't do so well, even a week, there's always a new day coming. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP FM. The 88.1.